In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I continue this morning to turn to 2 Timothy, our second reading, because I will confess that these readings really have been personal for me in this season of my life. So the Apostle Paul, who is coming near to the end of his ministry, as he writes from a Roman prison, shares his pastoral wisdom and insight with Timothy, his student. And so Timothy is still a young man, and it seems that he himself is a new pastor to a relatively new congregation of believers. And so we're very much presented with Paul's letters to a new pastor. Paul is passing on his wisdom and his experience. And so naturally, I've been taking much of this to heart as well. And more than that, as we get into 2 Timothy, Paul is telling us about his trust in God. He's telling us that he has a God he does not doubt. And that's remarkable because Paul is sitting chained up in a prison. He is actively being persecuted. He is currently facing his very own execution. And there he is writing to Timothy, telling him about his trust in God, even as he sits in prison. In chapter 2, Paul begins to hone in on the very issue of suffering. He is letting Timothy know that it's expected that Christians will suffer. And so Paul's reminding Timothy that his own sitting in prison, his own being bound in chains, is really nothing special. Suffering, hardships, trials, and tribulations are all part of what it means to be faithful in a present evil age. So I'm not one to boil down sermons to practical advice, like 12 ways to strengthen your marriage or something like that. But in a way, that's what we see here from St. Paul. Here we receive from St. Paul a picture of how to face suffering. And suffering broadly defined. Right? It could be persecution from the government, just as Paul is facing. Now most of us probably won't face persecution for our faith. But it's common that Christians throughout the world don't have that secure place to worship. That they don't have security in their faith. This also could be suffering defined as temptation, right? There might be some particular sin that's troubling you. It might be suffering that comes from the failing of your own body. That could be illness, could be an accident, could be injury, could be aging. Could be the suffering that comes with grief. It could be the suffering that comes with stress or any number of hardships that you can name. Whatever it is, though, none of us will get through this life without suffering. And so what are we as Christians to do about it? How are we to face the hardships of our life? And so let's be clear first off that there's no easy solution. The Christian does not believe that there's a magic snap of the fingers that's going to make everything easier. No, we call a thing for what it is. Suffering is suffering, hardship is hardship. There's no shortcutting that in this life. So when St. Paul writes to Timothy, he's not telling him anything that will make his suffering easier. Instead, he gives him encouragement to persevere through his suffering. He is encouraging him that his suffering is not in vain. It's not pointless. And at the end of all of it, there's going to be a reward beyond imagination. 
When Timothy, when Paul encourages Timothy to persevere in suffering, he first says, remember Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ. That's how the verse starts, with that command. Remember Jesus Christ. He's not simply saying, remember the good example of Jesus as you suffer. Well, that might be a good thing to do, as we might remember heroes of past history. That's not what Paul's saying. Paul here is saying that you can call to mind Jesus Christ because Jesus gives meaning to your hardships. Jesus Christ is in your suffering with you. Jesus has suffered for you, and now he also walks with you as you suffer. And so to remember Jesus Christ is to keep your eyes on him. It is to avail yourself of what he has done for you, to trust that he has accomplished life and righteousness for you. It's to trust that he will not fail you. In verse 11, Paul illustrates this by quoting an early hymn. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure with him, we will also reign with him. In Paul's Greek, if we have died with him, is really just one word that could be translated something like fellow dyers. And then we will also live with him as one word, fellow livers. He is emphasizing the union we have with Jesus Christ. If we are ones who are fellow dyers with Christ, then we are ones who are fellow livers with Christ as well. Paul is saying that our identities are so wrapped up with Christ that as we suffer, we suffer with Christ. And likewise, if Christ is the one who is the victor over suffering through his resurrection, then we are assured that we are also fellow victors. When we become fellow endurers with Christ, we become fellow reigners with Christ. We reign with him as kings. Our identities are completely tied up to what Christ has done for us. In the small catechism, Luther puts it like this, Jesus Christ has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death, from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood, with his innocent suffering and death, so that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he has risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is Paul's reminder to Timothy. We belong to the one who has endured. We belong to the one who has suffered faithfully. We belong to the one who has been raised from the dead. Our present and our future are entirely connected to what Jesus Christ has done for us. Because he lives, then also we live. Paul tells Timothy in verse 9, I suffer hardship. I'm here chained up like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Here again is the encouragement that we do not suffer in vain. And what a beautiful image Paul leaves us with. The word of God is not chained. It's a resurrection image. The son of God was not defeated by death. Christ was never silenced by the leaders in Jerusalem. He was not done away with by Pontius Pilate. Satan could not defeat Christ. The word of God cannot be chained. Paul says that he can suffer hardship in this life because he knows that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. If that's true, then all of the suffering and hardship in this life 
take on different meanings. It doesn't mean suffering isn't real or that it isn't difficult, but it means that suffering is not final. There is a hope that's greater than anything we know in this world. There is the hope of Jesus Christ risen from the dead. And the word of God is not chained. You can be in chains, but the word is not chained. You can suffer, but the word of God will still touch your heart. You can be in a pit. You can be despondent. You can be stuck in some sin. You can be full of doubt and uncertainty. But the word of God is still powerful. What Christ has done for you is still true, and it can never be untrue because the word of God is not chained. Near where we used to live in eastern Kentucky, close to the Cumberland Gap, is a little town called Pineville. And Pine Mountain sits on the other side of Pineville and overlooks the town. And on a bluff on Pine Mountain overlooking the town, there's this ominous-looking boulder. And so there was a legend in Pineville that told children that the rock sitting above town would not give away, that it wouldn't come tumbling down the mountain onto the town because a giant had chained it to the mountain. It was stuck there. It was tied to the mountain. And so in the 1930s, actually, some men climbed up to the boulder and they drilled holes into the boulder and they attached a chain to the rock to make the legend come true. And so you can hike up there and see that the boulder is chained to the mountain and so the children of town don't have to worry about it anymore. Paul is telling us that the message of the gospel is not like that chained rock at all. Instead, the message of the gospel is the rock that is rolling off the mountain. It's unstoppable. The gospel is that which is too big and too strong to be stopped. There's nothing that can happen in our lives. There's nothing that can happen in this world that will make the gospel powerless to save us. And so in knowing the power of this message, Paul gives a final bit of encouragement to Timothy. He says, don't be ashamed. For Timothy in particular, he is saying, you will suffer, you will have hardships, but don't be ashamed as a pastor of Christ as you suffer. In other words, your hardships are not a sign that you have done something wrong. There were those opponents of Paul who believed that his imprisonment was a sign that God wasn't really with him. They believed that Paul's imprisonment was evidence that Paul's message was not true. Right? How could God let this great apostle be chained up in prison? Paul must be wrong, according to his opponents. So here Paul is reassuring Timothy, saying when we suffer, we're suffering with Christ. We are suffering as ones united to the one who has suffered for us. And so we don't need to be ashamed of our suffering it doesn't prove that we are unfaithful or that the gospel we put our trust in is wrong. And we can be tempted to think like that at times, that when we face hardships, when we face grief, that we've done something wrong, that maybe we haven't prayed hard enough, we haven't believed hard enough, that God is punishing us. But that's not it at all. Paul is saying the truth is that we will face hardships but in those hardships, the good news is that we live in constant hope. We confess that there is nothing that will separate us from the love of God. And so even in our suffering, 
and our hardships and our trials, we are given assurance that we will reign with Christ. Because he has endured, we will endure. Because he has been faithful to the end, we will be saved. Because he has been crucified, because he has risen, we will be risen with him. And so we suffer, but we suffer not in despair. We suffer in hope, because the word of God is not chained. Amen.